Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello. Welcome to the Geekly Roundup. This is uh, episode, I honestly don't know, four, I think. It might be five. I think it's four. Anyway. I think it's four. Anyway. <laughs> doesn't matter. One. Um, this week, uh, we have two new people in addition to myself. Hi, Mark Fu. Um, and I'm going to let them, them introduce themselves right now. Ladies first. (laughs) I am Ellie, also known as Fungire Queen. I am Jonathan, also known as Funo Kamioka. Excellent. Um, all right. So, should we just jump right in? Anybody have any opening remarks? I will make a remark as far as I may not be as inputty in this episode as I would like to be because, as I told Mark ahead of time, I know next to nothing about uh, X-Files, and I haven't seen a single episode of Game of Thrones. So, yay! So this is going to be an interesting thing, then. <laughs> yes! Cause... And I will be my usual over-inputty self. Uh, <laughs> I'm just also sick, so I apologize now for coughs in your ears. Oh yeah, so am I. I'm getting over bronchitis, so you're going to hear a lot of coughing this episode. And as, as the editor, I will not be taking it out, because that will be tedious. <laughs> Wonderful. So let's jump into the first topic that John knows nothing about. X-Files. <laughs> so, the big news this week... Uh, as I'm sure everybody's heard by now, the X-Files are coming back. Now, for those of you who don't know what the X-Files are... um, (laughs) Grow up. (laughs) First of all, why don't you? Like, it's on Netflix. Go out and watch it. I I think it it comes from the the part of me that's... I I can't... Sometimes I can't handle, like, suspenseful type situations like if it's too intense and too suspenseful i can't take it because like i don't know what's gonna happen this is scaring the fuck out of me what am i gonna do and i feel like that's fair and i just can't like like it all it goes back to my history of not being able to handle like horror type movies either because like I have an overactive imagination so when they're going through a scenario i think of every single possible scenario so when something finally happens, it scares me. So yeah, The X-Files may not be the best show for you. I mean, <laughs> so, so the great thing about The X-Files, I, I don't know how old both of you are, but I was <laughs> like, in the 90s, I was in my teens. So the show hit uh, like at the perfect time. And until The X-Files really happened, there wasn't a lot of serialized TV on... Um, that had, you know, episodes with an overarching mythology that linked into each other. Things were a lot more episodic. It wasn't until the X-Files that you started getting that, oh, you know, there's something that happened in this story which really leads into this next episode and this next episode and so forth and on. Um, So it was really a big deal then. I don't think, unless you were really growing up, I don't think you really appreciate how much different it was to a lot of the stuff that was on TV at the time. And then from it, you got stuff like Buffy, um, 
and then Lost and all those types of shows that are huge things now. Yeah, I uh, I was kind of on the cusp of sort of too young to watch X Files, but I love sci-fi, so I didn't care. <laughs> so sometimes I would that's watch the best anyway. way to watch stuff, though. And and to me, it was for my age, it was the sci-fi version of Are You Afraid of the Dark? So that's fair. Another show I couldn't because, watch because it really was. It was. Because Are You Afraid of the Dark had the overarching stories of the campers. And it was kind of a cool show to transition me into watching sci-fi and more adult shows. So that when I grew up, I was already, like, into... Uh, I knew I would already be on board for shows like Buffy. Mm-hmm. And I think <coughs> the thing about X-Files was um, nobody had... DVRs then like it was those weren't a thing nobody binge watch shows like they do now so it was really like I now I don't even have cable at that point I had the TV on all the time but you know it was on I think Sundays at 9 p.m. and doesn't matter where you were you had to be home you know it was like yeah the must-see TV which sounds like a joke nowadays but it was literally that so I kind of miss the days without DVR I do in a sense there was something so exciting about, like, running home to make sure that you saw your show. And it was also really, um, I guess you still get it now with things like Game of Thrones and uh, Breaking Bad, where people watch it in first run and you kind of get to talk about it afterwards with them in, like, a big social event. Like, you know, the next day people would be standing around at school like, did you see yesterday? Yeah. But now now you kind now. of have to do the run home and see it on time because people will spoil it for you if yeah. you don't. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise you have to stay off Twitter. Yep. Oh my god, yeah. So yeah, anyway, it's a big deal that X-Files is coming back. They're coming back I think only for like 13 episodes or something, but I don't care. Um, I'm interested to see what kind of thing they do because they they did the movies at the last... T- the, the, the two movies, the first one was completely tied into the whole big mythology overarching thing and then the last movie wasn't at all and people seem to be equally pissed about both approaches so (laughs) it's interesting to see what are they gonna do yeah i'm it's one of those like they announced it and i had my immediate like oh yes and then went oh but (laughs) yeah what's gonna happen those two movies (laughs) bringing shows back is always one of those like sketchy things because your nostalgia takes over, and you're like, oh, I watched this show. I watched the movies. The movies weren't great, but the show was awesome. They're bringing it back. Yes, but then it could finally air, and you're like, why was I excited about this? Yeah, yeah. you have to worry about your nostalgia-tinted glasses. Yeah. Because, like, you know, there there were people when Power Rangers got rebooted, and they were... <laughs> Or not rebooted, but they decided to air the original one, and people were like, "Oh my god, it's so cheesy, it's so horrible." I'm like, "But we liked it." Yeah. Like, you were also kids 12 when it aired. Don't like, like it, and the shows 12. that we think are stupid now that kids love, they're gonna think is great when they're older. You know. Yeah. So you have to worry that when it comes back, is it? You know, even though we love the original show, we might still hate this because we don't have the nostalgia affiliation with it. Yep. Yeah, I think I don't. Know, we'll have to see. I, I think it's the kind of thing where they could, especially now with how much smarter TV is and how much more leeway uh, TV's been allowed to have. I think they could do something really good with the X Files. Whether or not they actually 
do is another thing, but um, I'm excited about it. Uh, I'm less excited about the fact that they apparently are uh, bringing back the TV show Coach. What? No. Yeah, I saw. I saw that. <laughs> I saw that. And in other news that nobody asked for. Yeah, I think. I, I think it's interesting. It's, but Very interesting. I, I like like she said. I don't think anybody was asking for it. Where was the clamor? Like, yeah. what what, res- what what need is this? Like, I, I I feel like the main actor was like, I'm bored. Let's do something. And someone's yeah. like, let's yeah. bring back Coach. And they're like, this, yeah, yeah, sure. Why not? Let's do that. This is responding to Craig T. Nelson's urge yeah. to get paid again. I I, I feel yeah. like um, <laughs> it might. I, I was looking recently. I saw an article somewhere about there was a pilot. For a sequel to Clarissa Explains It All, where she worked at a newspaper, uh, like a news place in uh, like New York City, and the pilot was just like, yeah, you had most of Joan Hart playing Clarissa, but none of the original characters were there. None. So it's literally. I mean, just like, her like transported. Um, I, I, the way I thought about it is, have you guys seen Sabrina the Teenage Witch TV show? Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. You remember the season where she started working in the newspaper place? Imagine that without yeah. the magic. That's what it was. Oh. Uh, I don't have nearly enough grounding in it, in the Clarissa the Teenage Witch or whatever. No wait, I just said that wrong. <laughs> Holy shit! Clarissa the Teenage <laughs> Witch. Show. In- in the 90s, it was the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. I, I get it. Uh, that's weird. But, you know, so I'm, it, it just all of a sudden, you know, it comes down. <laughs> oh, yeah. So here, let's let's ask one more question before we move on to the next topic. If you could bring a show back, since apparently all bets are fucking off, <laughs> what would you bring back? Oh, that would be difficult. I would bring back I know, right? Bumps. I put you guys on the spot and myself. I have no idea. <coughs> what was that? Goosebumps. Goosebumps. Another show I couldn't watch. I'm super excited for the movie, but I want Goosebumps to come back in a way like there needs to be good horror for kids. Like everything now is too grown up. There's not good like genuine horror for kids. Like the way we had it growing up with Goosebumps and that. And on the good horror for kids, I would love to see uh, Tales from the Crypt Keeper's Haunted House to come back. It was a, uh, because apparently only, like, me and three other people I know of have seen it. It was a Legends of the Hidden Temple-style show, but it was the Crypt Keeper. So it was like a game show, but with the Crypt Keeper. Yeah, it was like a game show where you would do these horror-based challenges. Sometimes they were in a virtual reality room. Like, there was one, um where you had to go into a hallway and there were all these mixed up words on the wall and you had to spell out famous quotes but as you were doing it a wall with spikes would be closing in on you that's a weird I so feel like having... this is like tweaking something in my memory but I don't remember ever watching it or I was too scarred by it and stopped. <laughs> it was horrifying but I loved it so much but at the same time even as a kid I still remember thinking what parrot would sign their kid up for this show Honestly. but I would I would love to see it come back though I miss the the like physically active game shows like stuff like Double Dare and mm-hmm. yeah. you know Guts and Crypt Keeper's Haunted oh, House Legends of the Hidden Temple I want physically active game shows to come back yeah I, 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 
bouncing off that, I would have to say uh, mine are two two Nickelodeon shows. Like if I, I don't know if I could pick one out of the two of them. One would be like what you said, Legend of Hidden Temple, because that was great to watch. Uh, the other one is a show. A lot, a lot of people might remember, but not know everything about. Uh, crap! Salute your shorts. Yeah. I want salute your shorts to I come back. That is. Oh, salute your shorts. That sounds was, dirty as yeah. fuck, though. Yes, with UG. Oh, it was yes. so great. It was. It was crude humor for. Kids. Yes, if you like, if you don't know what it is, it's it's a TV show based around uh, individual like teenagers going to this camp called Camp Anawana. It was just like a summer camp. And they had these just like crazy adventures. They had a camp counselor named Ugg that they just royally annoyed the hell out of. Um, <laughs> the The theme song is just infamous. Not in, well, infamous, famous, yeah, either way, depending on the way you yeah. look at it. And I, I still remember. Oh, yeah. A lot of, <laughs> you know, I don't think any, well, anybody, I... I I am curious, Mark. How old are you? I'm 37. Okay, I think you, oh, yeah, you've got the ten. Your shorts era. But yeah, I'm you, also Canadian. You you're ten years. That that's true. You're ten years older than I am. Yeah. So, by the time you, yeah, by the time the show was on, you probably weren't wa- even watching that channel anymore. Oh, I was really underdeveloped mentally. You don't even want to. I was watching all sorts of stupid shit. You don't even want to know. The things I think they could do with it was um, either A, bring back one of, at least one, of the original cast to be like the new counselor, or bring Ugg back to be like the leader of the camp. Not just a counselor, the actual Uh, person in charge. So maybe you'd see, see them every now and then. Some of the original then. kids becoming. I'm googling a this right now. Salute yeah. shorts. Like I've never heard of yes. this. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god. An- another show I thought of that kind of felt the the side was Hey Dude. That was also on Nickelodeon. Yes. Yes. Uh, let's just hey bring back dude. the entire just bring 90s back Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon lineup. Apparently, yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm here. Bring, yeah. Go go back bring and back, fig- bring I mean back live action Nickelodeon. I mean, look like, what I Nickelodeon's mean. Nickelodeon's live action shows were always on point. Like, yeah, they were fantastic. And, and I mean, looking, I mean, look at Disney Channel. They brought back the Boy Meets World universe, I guess we want to call it, and named it Girl Meets World. But they brought back two of the main characters. They had the special where Sean right. came back, and it was an actual like meaningful episode. Yes, I watched it. It was a <laughs> me- it was a meaningful episode dealing with. What happened with the older characters? An ongoing feeling from the current, from the uh, older characters, mixing in with the newer characters. It wasn't just like fodder, like like with like I hate to say this example, but Power Rangers. Like they bring Jason David Frank yeah. back for the Super Mega Force finale, and it was just like, "Hey guys, I'm here to help you." They kick ass for like five minutes, and then he just leaves. I'm like, that's horrible fan service. There was no right. talking, there was no nothing. He's like, hey, look at me, buy my shit, and then he left. It was a cameo, he kicked some ass, and he was gone. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. like, the the best possible cameo is a character from the old one in the new one dealing with current situations rather than just like, hey, I used to be on that thing, remember that thing I was on? Yeah, now I'm on this thing, enjoy it. 
You know, it's got to be like a a continuity. You know, I you know that's so. Uh, and like, uh, yeah, I would love for Nickelodeon to just be like, we're we're gonna bring back some of the old shows with a new flavor type scenario because I think they could do it, but they just don't want to. Instead, they would rather just I would pump love out. To see a gritty adult. I would love to see a gritty adult reboot of Animorphs. Because those books were actually genuinely scary, and the show was not. I didn't know they had a show. I don't even it know was that really is. short. <coughs> it was ter- oh my god, Animorphs was the shiz. I know, I know the books. I never read them, but I know them. But I didn't know they made a show. It was not apparently good. for three years uh, they made a show. Yeah, it was not good because they they took out everything that made the books like scary, like all the suspense and scary elements, like you know. There was there was someone who like as he was changing the bones grew out of him before the rest of the animal form. So you know, this fucking kid sees bones shoot out of his body. Like yeah, that's yeah. pretty horrifying. Like like let's let's get Nolan to direct an animal. <laughs> wow. And then I would get aim my high happiness. there. No, yes. actually, you know, or, or Palinuk. Palinuk. I was gonna. Have a hand in it I was gonna say instead of a TV series, you make a movie out of them, and then you can make yeah. multiple movies, and it can be like you know the budget would be bigger, <laughs> and you know. Yeah. But so you heard it here first. Animorphs the movie, our new Kickstarter. Yes. <laughs> get Chris. <laughs> I'm going to point out also that I, I looked up uh, Salute Your Shorts, and one of the first articles is a BuzzFeed article about what the cast looks like now. Yeah. So, oh, you know, sure when you're all. done here, go check that out. <laughs> <laughs> I like how, if I remember correctly, the only one that really changed a lot, actually technically changed not too much, was the actor who played Donkey Lips. He oh, he, God. pretty That's much never who changed. Be the new counselor. I thought I, I thought about that. I was like, I don't know if he would make the best counselor, but at the same time, that but could that actually add to it. Yeah. Yeah, Donkey Loves would be a terrible counselor. It would be amazing, <laughs> but he would he would be the one that would be a counselor because he went nowhere else with his. Because life. yeah, that's right. true. Yeah, dead end man. Yeah. See, and you thought you'd have nothing to say in this entire segment. Well, yeah, because yeah. we diverted <laughs> away from X Files. That's right. <laughs> And that's the beauty of conversation. <laughs> and that is what Yay. they call a clumsy segue. Oh! While we're talking about directors that we enjoy... Hell yeah. My topic for this. Topic. <laughs> the topic <laughs> that I want to talk about because it's the one thing I've wanted since reading... Or actually, technically, I listened to the audiobook, but it's still the same experience. Steven Spielberg is going to direct the Ready Player One movie, and I could not be yes. any more excited because this needed to happen. As soon as I finished reading the bo- or listening to the audiobook done by Will Wheaton, by the way, and it's pretty damn good. I highly suggest it. Yes. Um, as soon as I finished reading it, I was like, "This needs to be a movie. Like, this needs to be." gigantic blockbuster billion dollar avengers type movie it needs to happen and to know that we have steven spielberg on to direct it is just it makes it even more exciting and i'm i'm getting chills right now i can't fucking wait so confession it time feels like i have it never feels read like it geeky validation yes it feels like geek is finally coming to a level where we can have a geek movie that's directed by someone like Steven Spielberg. Spielberg. You know, like, it's a great kind of validation that it's like, we've come from, you know, 
the old Mortal Kombat <coughs> movie that nobody talks about to Steven Spielberg doing Ready Player One. Yeah. And Mark, you said you haven't read it. No, so I have no idea what it's okay, about. Okay, uh, brief rundown. The story follows a character... Oh, I forgot his name. I know, I know, I know it's like a W... Oh, that's bad. I should remember this. Crap. <laughs> uh, if I follows a cat. I can't remember his name right now. Um, Wade Watts. Wade Watts. Yes, that's what it is. I knew it started with a W. Um, it follows Wade as he uh, lives in, I think it's like 50, 50 to 100. I think it's 100 years from now. And It's, it's only actually about like 30 years from now. Is it? It's... 2044, yeah. it says here. Oh, okay, I thought it was 100. Okay, so, yeah. So, 30 years, roughly. Wow. Um, where he lives in this air, this area of piled up uh, trailers. And it, I think it's... I'm horrible. I should remember this. I haven't listened... <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't listened to it in a few months, so that's why. Would, would you like me to read the synopsis? I haven't yeah, there you go. That'll do it. In the year 2044, reality is an ugly place. The only time teenage Wade Watts really feels alive is when he's jacked into the virtual utopia known as the Oasis. Wade's devoted his life to studying the puzzles hidden within the world's digital confines. Puzzles that are based on their creator's obsession with the pop cultures of decades past and that promise massive power and fortune over whoever can unlock them. But when Wade stumbles upon the first clue, he finds himself beset by players willing to kill to take this ultimate prize. The race is on, and if Wade's going to survive, he'll have to win and confront the real world he's always been so desperate to escape. Right. And the Oasis is the best way I can describe it. Imagine the World of Warcraft, but on, like, a universal scale. So, you create this character, you get weapons, and, but they're not just, like, Warcraft with, like, clubs and hammers and stuff. You can get, uh, weapons from any movie... Or television show, or book, or cartoon ever made. So you can mm. fly in the Millennium Falcon. You can land on a planet, and you can have a blaster pistol from Star Wars, a phaser from Star Trek. Uh, you can have magic like Harry Potter. Um, the school he goes to, which is in the Oasis. Uh, they have a Quidditch team because they can do it because it's the virtual world. And um, essentially, the, the way I look at it, there, there are so many references in this movie that the money to get the ability to use them will probably outrank everything. I know they're probably not going to get everything, but there are a lot of situations where they pretty much have to because they're plot-wise. They're part of the plot. Yeah. And so this is why having somebody like Steven Spielberg is really important. Oh, because, yeah. Because, you know, you can't go in there with no-name new-time director or whatever and go begging for, hey, can we use uh, lightsabers or whatever. Oh, yeah. I mean, if Spielberg 
called you know uh, called Lucas and was like, "Hey, can I use like Star Wars stuff in this movie?" He'd be like, "Yeah, go ahead, knock yourself out." So I mean, yeah. compare that yeah. to <laughs> compare. I mean, like we're like I I always think I always say this that like if this if this movie had a like you said if this movie had a different director, um, one it probably wouldn't get that popular. Two, you'd get fans of the book who would just go outrageous and just like slam it before we even hear anything about it because of this director. And the last thing is again money. When you've got a big time director, you get more money. And I feel like they're gonna need it for this movie. And I I can't wait to see who they get to play the characters and just the like the graphics and uh the the just the the graphics the, everything i i'm just i'm speechless right now because i can't i can't think of one particular thing that i'm excited about because this whole thing is just going to be insane i kind of really hope though that since we have such a big name director that maybe you know in a rare instance we can take a chance on some no name actors cuz for as much as i right. love the big name actors and love all that they do <coughs> people need to start moving over and make room for the new people because you know there was a time where chris hemsworth was nobody yeah right you don't but, want uh like them to be jumping around in this and wade watts is played by will smith yeah well like, I, I sure as hell hope not because wade watts is white and he and he's like 17 so i mean the most they well, could I mean, do is know, get jaden smith Exodus and... happened anything can happen uh <laughs> But I, I really hope that they take some chance on some unknown people, because since this is such a big cult hit, I think an unknown person would be more willing to absorb themselves into into what the fans have built as the with their relationship with the book. And unknowns are usually more willing to absorb themselves entirely into a role, because, you know, if we get a big-name person, it's not... You know, like just to throw out, like Johnny Depp. No matter what you see Johnny Depp in, he's Johnny it's Depp. Johnny Depp. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's not even just the actor all the time. It's it's often just you watching it. You can't get out of your mind. Like, oh, you know, it's Tom Cruise up there. It's Johnny Depp or whatever. Yeah. You don't let them sink into the role, so they have to work against that themselves, which is really hard to do because you are who you are, right? I I will yeah. I will say I agree with I agree with you about not wanting big name people but my thing is if there's a big name actor that read this book enjoyed the book and maybe read it more than once and really wants to be a part of it i'm all for it but if it's just like a big name guy they've never read the book they don't even know what the heck the story is until they're cast that's where that's to me where the problem lies yeah and that's part of why like Elizabeth Banks was so good for Effie in Hunger Games. Like, she was Mm -hmm. obsessed with the book. She wanted to be Effie. She went in, like, already having Effie in her heart because she was a fan of it. So she's so good in that. She is. She's perfect. She's so, like, she's willing to let them do whatever they want visually to her. Yeah. She's probably, I, I imagine she's probably actually, like, the first day showed up was like no 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 more makeup make me look weirder yeah, yeah she was make probably me look like, less me 
like, can I have a white look afro? Too pretty? Like, You're going to have to do yeah. something with this. Yeah, so it's like, if there is going to be a big name actor, I want it to be because they're already... Like, like it could be one of those, Will Wheaton could play Wade. And to me, that would be okay, because I already know he's a diehard fan of this. Yeah, well... Uh, Technically, they mention him be, uh, in the book too, so that would yeah. be that would Is be interesting. Really? Yeah, I'm not going to mention how because it's yeah, kind of minor look spoilers. Like Will Wheaton. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't think he could play Will Wheaton or he could play Wade because of the age gap. But if yeah. if he was in the movie, which if they do the plot the way it is, then there's a chance he will. Um, well, because Wade is supposed to be how old? 17 in the beginning of the in the beginning of the book he is in high school he is finishing yeah, high school says for for as weird as it would be a a part of me would really like to see christopher mintz place uh mclovin <laughs> just just because i would like to see someone of his visual ab- appeal actually take on a role like this i think it would be very cool I, I could I could see the look, huh. yeah I could see the look. Yeah. I I don't know if I he may be a little he looked he may look a little too old to play it, but I can see how you pick him because that's the thing. I, I just I would like that like average dopey teenager look. Like don't cast like fucking what's his name Alex Pettifer. Like I'm tired of seeing these guys. They're clearly hot men in their thirties trying to play teenagers. This isn't Saved by the Bell. Isn't Power Rangers in the nineties? Yeah. Actually, cast teenagers, please. <laughs> well, to be fair, the Power Rangers were only like five years younger or five years older than they were supposed to be. I think. So I mean, that's were they? But they yeah. Cl- but they wow. clearly did not look like teenagers. They looked no. way too pubescent. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I think the oldest was like twenty-two, twenty-three, something like that. Yeah, but no teenager has Austin St. John's muscle mass. No. Let's be honest. If they do. Check that kid for steroids. <laughs> yeah, I don't know though. I've seen. Have you seen some of the uh, the kids coming up in basketball and stuff these days? Oh, they're tall as shit, but they're not. No, but just they're also not hugely built like a stacked. Brick house. Some of them are. It's weird, but I don't know. Uh, but getting to the getting back to the movie, my 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 whole thing is I keep I keep going back to it, but with the money. And all of that, because especially yeah. like, I, I I do want to bring up one thing, and that's they better not botch the ending, because I'm I'm not going to spoil what it is, but there is a giant battle near the end. I'm not going to tell you what's involved or anything, but there's a gigantic battle, and hmm. everything involved in that battle. Is going to take a lot of money in order to get the rights to use. Right. Yeah. And all I have to say is that if you can't do that, don't try to force it in without using it. Um, a good yeah. example of how they screwed up from book to movie is the Harry Potter ending. Uh, in the book, Harry and Voldemort... Uh, spoilers, by the way. This has been out for years. Movies are out. Yeah, yeah I'm sorry. If this is a spoiler, get over it. Yeah. Okay. In the book, Voldemort and Harry circled each other while Harry broke down Voldemort's plot for what he was doing. 
It was it was tense. You had uh, the Weasleys. You had the entire school. All all these people watching as Voldemort and Harry circled each other, and it was it was a tense moment. In the book or in the movie, it was Harry Voldemort have a CGI filled duel, and then Harry somehow outduels Voldemort, and Voldemort just you know like he turns to ash and gets blown in the wind. the The ending in the book was needed because it detailed the entire seventh book. Everything Harry worked for, everything that needed to be explained for his character, everything that needed to be explained for Voldemort, every reason why Voldemort's plan had failed, everything. And when they did the movies, they ruined it. They gave the whole thing with the Elder Wand a quick toss-away thing when he says, yeah, it's mine, and then he snapped it and threw it in the river, which again made no sense because in the book, he took the wand back back to the headmaster's office, fixed his wand, told Dumbledore in the painting he was going to put it back into Dumbledore's grave, who Voldemort took it from, and it was going to stay there, and then when Harry died, nobody was going to own it, and the Elder Wand was going to just fade into existence. So this is why moving an ending or a scenario from a book to a movie is crucial. And yes, I know it's adapted, but you have to do it correctly because if you don't explain it properly, people who watch the movie are going to be like, what is this? What happened? I don't understand. And then you just get a throwaway line of like, yeah, it was my one. And they're like, oh, it was his the whole time, but I don't understand. How how can it be his? You know, I mean, he was he never actually used it. He just got it back from Voldemort. And they're not going to know why because they didn't explain it. So you have to explain things, and if you're not going to explain it properly, at least do a different ending. If, especially in this case, because we know it's going to take a lot of money in order to do this movie. It's going to take a lot of money to do it, and you may not be able to get everything. So if you can't do everything, at least tell people that. So when the movie comes out, you have a statement, you have something you talk with someone saying yeah we couldn't get the rights to use this that or the other thing money was an issue so we decided to go this direction and then you're going to have people going yeah that's kind of understandable considering you know the book it's huge and then you know you have to spend money and all that to do it so unless you have a proper explanation on why you did something different don't do something different that's what it comes down to so i don't think either of us are going to be able to top that so, while we're on the topic of not spoiling books or spoiling books, segue, <laughs> right? <laughs> Into my topic, which is the fact that <coughs> they have confirmed that the Game of Thrones show, that is my dog. That is a loud dog. Yep. That, ironically, that is my dog, Tyrion. Uh, <laughs> wow, that's well played, Tyrion. <laughs> Very well played. Uh, he was born to a litter of three puppies that had two twins and a runt, so... Aww. Uh, <laughs> well, they have confirmed that the new Game of Thrones seasons of the TV show will actually spoil the upcoming books. Which is awesome. <laughs> 
Well, so I don't know if this is just luck of the draw or there's two really evil people on this, but I totally love that too. Well, as, yes. I, um, can can I get a question quickly? Yes. Okay, I'm I'm going to explain to the audience that I know next to nothing about Game of Thrones. I know there's a lot of boobs okay. and a lot of dragons and a lot of fire. That's it. My question is, have they not spoiled the books yet? No. Because um, the, the way I... I mean, like, they're making the show off the books. So how have they not spoiled anything from the books yet? No, no, no. So what's happening now is the... They've been working off of the books that exist so far, and they're starting to catch up to books that are yet to be written oh, or okay. currently being written. And the next season, while it's going to be covering a book that's already out, is apparently going to have elements and plots uh, points in it that are from the book that hasn't been released. So it's not a matter... It's it's literally spoiling it. You If you watch this season, you're going to find out stuff that's going to be in the book that hasn't come out See, yet. See, I, I feel like that's... I, I'm, I'm kind of like skewing the topic, but I just feel like that's kind of wrong. Like, I figured... J.R.R. Uh, Martin would be like, hey, you guys don't spoil my book yet because it's not out yet. But instead, they're well, the, just like, the, screw it, we're doing it. The problem with George R.R. Martin, like, and you can even look up, there's a song called George R.R. Martin, Please Write and Write Faster. You're not getting any mm-hmm. younger, you know? Because, <laughs> like, literally, there is a high possibility because he takes so long to write these books that he may die before he finishes the series. He gets really pissed when people say that, but he's an old man, and he takes he a is old. time to write each book. Um, you know, it's it's one of those. It's good in the sense that it's not the writers just coming up with their own shit. They are consulting with George R. R. Martin. He's telling yeah. them like this is what comes them. next. You know, he is the one that is advising them on what to show. So there's a high possibility that he says like do this in the show but there's also going to be more shocking elements in the book it's not going to spoil the books entirely it's going to spoil the key plot points that drive it um i think it's good for two reasons one being it's a smart move by hbo because if they were to wait and not start production until the next book is released hbo is going to lose a shit ton of money like, yep. this isn't the BBC with Sherlock. You can't just take three years off and people be okay with it. You know, it's it's a very smart move publicity-wise. And in another way, this is fucking awesome <laughs> for anyone who hates snub book fans. I love you guys. You're wonderful fans of the book. But dear God, I am 50 Shades of Tired of... People being like, well, the show's just horrible because it doesn't have Lady Stoneheart. Well, to be quite honest, Lady Stoneheart can't fit in the series in a way that makes fucking sense. You know, it's it's the same, like, everyone saying, oh, the book was better because it has this and this and this and this and this. And it happens with everything that gets adapted from a book. It does. So I feel like this is a rare instance where people who enjoy the visual medium get to have a little bit of our own smug fun. You know, it's it's rare, and yes, it's totally a dick move, you know, to be smug about it, but it's the one time we can. Book fans are smug as shit anyway. And I have my moments of it, too. But, um, I, I just find it to be so interesting that they just went like, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna fucking do it. I think they, like, they had to, honestly. There's, yeah, there's no really way around did. it. There's, like, I know they're doing a, the next season is 
a part of books that are already out, but it's laying so many pieces of things that are going to pay off down the road that, you know, you kind of have to. And I, I totally agree with you, what, what you said about, like, the, the people and their, their attitude of, oh, the books are always better. And the thing that's annoying about it is that that's true. Like, I feel like you can't really ruin a book. I would always rather watch the movie and then read the book afterwards because the book just because the fact that the book is going to be you know 20 times longer than any movie is is going to have all sorts of things levels of detail and facts and stuff that aren't in the movie there's no time for and they pay off in a different way right so if anybody's really really upset about the fact that plot points are going to get spoiled i guess that's sad for them but at the end of the but day, there's a do whole that book to TV there. Show people, and yeah, you know, honestly, like, like when um, when the season that contained the Red Wedding started, people were already telling TV fans about the Red Wedding and spoiling it to them. So I feel like this, for such a great franchise, this is the one time that the TV fans can go into it completely. It's on the same. Like yeah, yeah. Else. Like they can go into it all on the same playing field. Nobody can spoil anything because it's not been released yet on the new content, and it's it's really nice because for me, I find things like Game of Thrones to and this is an unpopular opinion, so I'm going to shrink back a little bit from the <laughs> from the pitches and pitchforks and fire. Um, I think Game of Thrones works better visually to me than it does as a book because Game of Thrones contains a lot of oh shit like and I feel like for me and that's because I work in film and television to me that's better visually like mm -hmm. Jamie Lannister getting his hand cut off I lost my mind and then yeah. when I went back and read it because I read the books after the season happens because I want to go back and read like the fleshing out of what I just saw you know but when I went back and read it it's like there's no punch to it because you can just keep reading. Whatever speed you're reading is the speed it's going to happen. There's nothing that, you know, a book can't put you in suspense and then hit you from left field if you're reading it very quickly. You know? That's an interesting point. There's, there's no way... A TV show forces pace upon you, whereas a book is whatever pace you choose. And I feel like with I... Game of Thrones having so many shock elements visual works better than book i i feel like that is that is the case i feel like books like people say you it's like you read a book you can let your imagine do the you do the talking i'm like it can however you don't like you said you don't get the same suspense you don't get the same um feeling as you would do seeing it and i would probably say the same about audiobooks um yeah for me, whenever I listen to Harry Potter, it's with the audiobook because the guy does voices. It's read by Jim Dale, who does voices for all the characters. So when he reads it, he reads it as if that person said it. So you get yeah. the same feeling as the book, but you also get uh, the feeling of someone saying it. So it's it's a more it's a better experience, and I think it's easier to take in than just like. You know, so and so said this, 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 and then going on to the next paragraph or whatever. If you actually hear that person say it in a way that makes sense, whether it's it's like a type of feeling, whether it's angry, happy, sad, whatever, you can get the the uh, 
the notion of the current feeling, the current atmosphere, rather than just yeah. reading physical text and imagining it. Because sometimes people don't do that quick enough. They'll read the words, yeah. they'll understand the words, and that's it. Then they'll move on. Mm-hmm. They don't sit, they don't read a paragraph and go, how would that work? And then go on to the next paragraph. It's just read, and then you read the paragraph and you're like, interesting, and then keep going. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and I feel like also with TV, there are some things that you just simply cannot do in a book without, like, spoiling a suspense that you're trying to create. Like, um, I'm trying to think of a moment from the TV show. Uh, I can't think of a specific moment, but I know it happens a lot, so I'll just kind of reference it. Like, if you want, you know, a person who's in a horrible predicament... We do a slow pan back, and you can see the silhouette of someone that we know as the audience, but the person who is in the predicament doesn't know. That's something that you can't do in a book without really spoiling it. You don't get, you know, you don't get that guessing game. You know, there's not a Hmm. lot of, who's that mysterious shape that is shaped exactly like person? Yeah. You know... There's there's so much more storytelling that you can do visually with visual subtleties and clues and things that are just lost when you write a book. And I've had the same issue going from being a screenwriter to being a novel writer. I sit and toil over chapters going, how the fuck do I do that? I know how to film it. How do I do that? And I so I just... <laughs> yeah, and I, I think love that's... that we're going to get that with Game of Thrones. Yeah. And I think that's also kind of the magic of um, graphic novels, comics. You get to have that combination of there's text, so people can kind of let their minds do some of the imagination, but then you do have an image, and you can play with pacing by, you know, the number of panels and what's in them to force people. You can force them to have suspenseful moments on a page turn, which you can't really do so much. I mean, you could do it to a degree, I think, uh, in actual print, but now with so many people doing digital, that it's just impossible to make sure that there's certain breaks in certain places. Yeah. Those are the kinds of things that are getting lost. So, you've heard it here first, everybody. Print is dead. Fuck print. Send your angry <laughs> hate mail to us. Ace of No, geeks. don't fuck print. Please buy my book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, let's be fair. Print's never going to die because fanfics are always a thing. Ah, uh, the future of print fanfiction. <laughs> hey, there was that one girl that made the Twilight say, fanfic like... that got a book deal. So Really? I never yeah. heard yeah. about that. Weird. And hmm. some girl who made a fanfic about One Direction got, like, a $1.5 million book deal. Like, what? Yep. Yeah. Wait, tell I... me more about that. It's, How can it's you even do that? Sh- they change all the names. Apparently changing all the names means that One Direction has no rights over it. They can't say anything about it. Um, I don't even like that band, but that has to be fucking terrifying. That's fucked up, yeah. That some girl who wrote a story about real people having sex with each other is going to Oh, get... and it's that kind of fantasy. Yes! I didn't even I'm know like, that. That is uncomfortable as shit. Apparently yeah. there's like some OC that is essentially a Mary Sue that, of course, yeah. that screws one of the band members and there's like some interband romance if I remember correctly. And it's like, I, I just don't see how that's okay. <laughs> that annoys me to no end. That's kind of horrifying. It's yeah. really scary. Like, I can't even imagine. If that was you. Like, oh god. 
But, like, um, I'm just really, I'm excited that Game of Thrones, we're going to get it visually before we get it written. Um, print is nice, but I wish more people would respect the visual medium. Like, yes, I get it. The book is better. Guess what? You're not the first person to say it. You're not witty. You're not cute. To be just fair. stop to be, and let people enjoy. To be fair, I just kind of did that in the last second. <laughs> Saying the book, the but Harry Potter books are better than But it's different when you... But when you are talking about ways that they are different, that you, you know, I enjoyed this part better. I can do that with saying I didn't like the way the first Hunger Games movie ended in the way that I didn't like them taking out President Snow breaking the crown in half because I felt that that was a very crucial moment where he's showing Katniss just how pissed he is in a very quiet kind of way. Um, It's different when you're discussing the things that you wish they would have left in, the ways that you feel. But when someone says, I really love the Game of Thrones TV show, and someone immediately goes, well, the books are better. Like, stick a cork in it. Yeah, it's it's one thing to be actually discussing two different pieces of art and how they are in respect to each other. And it's another thing to just be like, you know what? Blanket statement, print is always better. Fuck your stupid little show. Yeah. And, you know, this feels like a little bit of vindication for the people who enjoy the visual medium, that we get to enjoy it unscathed. Excellent. Well, sounds about right. I think that kind of about wraps it up, doesn't it? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> we've all kind of gone on rants in this case. But. We've covered our topics. We've ranted. We've talked about how wonderful everything that we love is and how shitty other people are. What's better than that? I mean, right, come on. Things nothing. we learned today. Bring back 90s Nickelodeon. Yep. Steven Spielberg is the shit. Yep. And fuck you Print and your book dead. terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the, I feel like we need an Animaniacs moral of the story type thing. Wheel of morality, turn, 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 to tell us the lesson that we should learn. Turn, turn, turn. (laughs) The lesson you learned is let people enjoy the fucking TV show. Everybody is allowed to like things, and they're allowed to like different things. Yep. Yep. (laughs) That's our moral. Unless you're a dick about it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I'm going to call that a podcast then. So thank you both for uh, doing this. Um, of course, it's this been is the fun. first time I've had to host this thing, so it's kind of. I weird. think you did a good job. Uh, <laughs> it's all right. You did great. Thank you. So I have to. What I have to do now, though, so that Mike doesn't kill me, is I have to mention all the social media sites and ways that people can get in touch with Ace of Geeks. So, Facebook, Ace of Geeks podcast, Twitter and Instagram at Ace of Geeks, Tumblr, Ace of Geeks the blog, Ace of Geeks and on Google Plus, the Ace of Geeks. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next week. See ya. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.